This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. I want to talk this morning about God's grace in our troubles. If you will, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 7 through 10, but it'll take me just a little while to get to that. You know, there's troubles in life that we all go through. Uh, we can go for long periods of time, and everything seems to go our way. Skippity-doo-dah, skippity-day. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. And then uh, things will change, and there will be a trouble that will come into the life, especially uh, when you get to certain ages. Uh, when you get to be a teenager, you begin to experience uh, the reality of the life and the people around you. So you go through those times as a teenager. And then uh, later in life, when you uh, start dating and you're thinking about marriage, you find yourself getting in situations sometimes that cause stress. And then when you get married, <laughs> you're going to find times that it will be troubling. Uh, anybody tells you that that is not true, well, they're not telling the truth. But sometimes we just find ourselves being in troubling situations. As far as our employment, sometimes we get jobs and uh, the boss is a good person to work with. And then sometimes we get a job and the boss is not a very good person to work with. And it's just plain hard the way they are. And we find ourselves going through tough times. And then sometimes we might have a family member who is sick and sick for a very long time. And we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray. And they don't get well, they get worse, and then they pass away. Sometimes that happens in the case in my family's life. The young lady was still in her 30s with two young children. And now she's in heaven. And those kids are having to understand where mom is. That is trouble that happened with all of the prayers going on. It's not that God didn't answer the prayer. It was God's will for her to pass from this life to the next. Under the sovereignty of God, a lot of things can happen to us that cause trouble. But under the sovereignty of God, we have to remember that grace finds us. And the truth is, we stand in grace because we stand inside of Christ. And so therefore, He don't have to find us necessarily. He found us at the cross. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. And we can't move one iota away from the grace of Almighty God. So trouble comes our way. And we have to remember what Christ said to the Apostle Paul. When he asked, he begged him to re please remove this from me. We're going to look at this. And God said, I don't believe sarcastically and rudely, he said, my grace is sufficient, and that was it. And that is the truth, no matter what trouble you may be going through. And I woke up about a week and a half ago, right up in the middle of the night, and it was like God said, Chris, I want you to teach on this subject, that my grace is sufficient. Because there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of difficult things. Physical things that probably won't ever go away. Relational things that might or might not go away. But compared to eternity, this moment in time is very brief. We stand inside of Christ. We're under His canopy of grace forever and ever and ever. And His grace is absolutely sufficient. Amen? 
So we know that, we believe that, we choose to walk in that. God's grace in our troubles is the name of this passage. Now, when hard times come our way, troubles, whether we bring them on ourselves or they're brought on to us by other people, whether it's physical, emotional, relational, whatever it might be, just whatever the trouble is, it may be a troubled child that's keeping you up at night, you're worried about them. It may be a report that you've gotten from the doctor and he says, I'm sorry, but I can only extend your life so long with medicine, but this is going to take your life. And you have this weighing on you. You pray and you beg and you plead. It won't go away. Sometimes if we're not careful, we will resist it. And as I was talking to a friend a few moments ago before we came in, he said sometimes we can get angry at God because of the situation and not realize we're angry at God until a little later. So sometimes when this problem that seems like I may be dealing with this particular problem the rest of my life, it's not going away. Sometimes we rebel against it, but ultimately we're rebelling against God. Sometimes we just won't receive it and say, as I've said many times, I think it was F.B. Meyer that said, God never allows anything to get to His sheep unless it comes through the shepherd. So sometimes we rebel against it and become angry at God and we don't know it. We resist it. I'm not going to receive this, but it is what it is. And you have to receive it because it is what it is. It's there. Whether you like it or not, it is absolutely there. But sometimes we say, I'm going to be stoic and I'm not going to let this burden wear me down. And the danger with that is we can be responding to this trouble, being stoic, but all in the energy of our flesh. And we can't hold up, but just so long, physically and emotionally. And so sometimes these things happen. And our nature is to go and tell everybody and complain about our situation instead of saying, I don't understand it, but God's grace is sufficient. So we need to learn, I need to learn, what we can learn from the Apostle Paul. A joyful understanding that we still stand and are protected by God's grace and that God's grace and God's love have not wavered one bit in the trouble, even if we go to the grave with this particular trouble. Now, what is grace? There's a lot of people written a lot of definitions, but really grace is unmerited favor. And we don't deserve it, and we can't earn it. It's something that God has done. We can't add to it. It is just in God's love, mercy, and kindness toward us, God extends to us His favor. In the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, it talks about God's favor. Well, that's a word for grace. In the New Testament, we read the word grace. In the Old Testament, we read the word favor. But what it is, is something happening on our behalf that we don't deserve. That's grace. Grace is God, in a sense, stooping down toward us. Donald Gray Barnhouse said this. He said, love that goes upward is worship. Love that goes outward is affection. And love that stoops is grace.
So God in His great love toward me and you, while we were yet sinners, what did He do? He died for us. That is grace, my friend. Nothing deserving, no performing. God and God alone stooping to show us mercy, love, and favor by dying on the cross for all of us. And that is the grace that we live under. Now, these troubles that come our way, and we can't get out from under them, they are there. And we know that we just need to trust God, knowing that His grace is sufficient. Alter anything we need to alter, but trust God. Confess anything we need to confess, but keep trusting God in the sufficiency of His grace, understanding His authority. Sometimes people will say, uh, when a person's going through a very hard time, and it looks like it's not going to ever change, some people say, you must pray harder. Some people might even say, you must exercise more faith. You're not praying enough, and you're not praying hard enough. You must exercise more faith. You must have deeper faith. And so the people get in a form of what I call bondage praying. Praying in the energy of the flesh, praying hard over and over and over on their knees for hours, thinking somehow God's going to deliver me from this, and then nothing happens. Some people think that way, and that's thinking that's an error, because we don't really move the mighty hand of God in matters that is part of His will and His plan uh, for our life. And so we find that sometimes we're pressured by other people to move into a prayer life that God never intended instead of saying, like the Lord Jesus Christ, not my will, but thine be done. Let be done on earth as it is in heaven. Short prayers saying it's all God and I'm resting in God. And so our prayers need to be simple that way. Now, I want us to learn from the Apostle Paul. Not only are we saved by grace, but my friend, listen, we are kept by that same grace. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verses 7 through 10. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, the Apostle Paul is either lying here, and we know he's not, or Paul is understanding something that we don't see. And sometimes for a very, very long time in our life, we don't see this. And so notice this list of sins that Paul mentions. In verse 7, he said, two times he said, exalting myself. That's self-sin. Uh, that's boasting. God had revealed to him uh, the riches that we have in Christ Jesus. 
Uh, the teaching that I love more than anything is the Apostle Paul's teaching on the believer's identity in Christ and his message of grace. The whole teaching of the fact that we're crucified with Christ, we're buried with Christ, we're raised with Christ, we're ascended with Christ, and even now God sees us perfect in Christ Jesus, seated at His right hand. That whole teaching God revealed to Paul. But along with that teaching and understanding, listen to this. He gave him a thorn in the flesh to buffet him. And he said two times in verse 7, he says, to keep me from exalting myself. But then down in verse 10, he's mentioned the sin of insults. When someone insults you, that's a sin against you. He mentions the persecution. If someone or others are causing persecutions, that is a sin against you. So what he mentions here is not only personal sin in his life, but also sins against him by other people. And he's saying that God's grace is what I need in these things. He's learned this to a deeper degree. So our need for grace, when you really look at it, is a result of sin. In other words, the fact that we need grace for salvation is because the Bible says we're born dead in our trespasses and sins. We're born without Christ, and so therefore we need His grace in that salvation. But not only that, after we're saved, our daily living, we still need God's grace day by day. So we're saved by grace, we're kept by grace, and we live by grace. Now, I want us to think back in time for where sin originated. Think about uh, Lucifer in heaven. Lucifer there was in heaven. He was the wisest, most beautiful of all God's created angels. And then what happened? Pride sprang up in his heart. He exalted himself. Pride sprang up in his heart. And then what did he do? He was cast out of heaven. He came to this earth and the next thing you know, we're reading there in the first few chapters of Genesis that he appeals to Eve and appeals to Adam. And in that, Eve sinned and ate of the fruit. Adam sinned and ate of the fruit. Adam willfully disobeyed God. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. So that's where sin originated. That's how it originated. And that sin has brought the suffering that we see, the crime that we see, the hurts that we see, the trouble that we find ourselves in. It all started with this. Adam blamed Eve, and Eve blamed Satan. And he says there in Romans, it says, death through sin. When sin came into the souls, the physical breakdown of the body began, and that was passed down to all future people. So the reason we have physical difficulties and sickness and trials in the physical realm is because of what first happened when sin came into the world. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So because we're born sinners separated from God, we need God's grace for salvation, and we need God's grace that is greater than all of our sin for our daily living, moment by moment, and day by day. You see, God did not create robots. 
God gave us a will. We can either choose to enthrone God in our life, or we can choose to dethrone God. God's letting us make that choice. What will we do? Enthrone Him and let Him have all there is of me, or will we dethrone Him and make it all about myself? Paul said, this thorn in the flesh kept Him from exalting Himself. So this is my question. What are you struggling with now that's really troubling you? And I ask myself these same questions. Could it be that it's not God punishing you, beating you up, knocking you down, taking you behind the woodshed and whipping in living daylights? Could it be God allowing a trouble in your life to keep you from exalting yourself, to keep you humble, not beaten down, but to keep you humble. And so we see in mankind, normally we see rejecting God and rejecting others as mankind tries to build a heaven on earth. And because he's trying to build a heaven on earth, he's trying to live like a king. He's trying to accomplish things, to accumulate things. And what did Jesus say? Your life does not consist of your possessions. And so mankind, because of sin, because of self-exaltation, because of persecutions, because of insults, relational problems, emotional problems, and yes, physical problems, all brought on by sin, mankind is in turmoil, mankind is in trouble. And then as God's children, we pray and ask God to remove these things, and sometimes He doesn't always do it. Sin causes suffering. Sin causes conflict. Sin brings on troubles, and sometimes some troubles Stay for a very long time. Now, look at verse 7 and notice what Paul said. He said, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. In other words, Satan impresses upon us, builds things around us, uses others against us, causes things to happen. He can't indwell the child of God, but he can oppress us. And what he does... He accuses us. And when you look at these things that uh, Paul uh, talked about, he talked about in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress. He said, I'm well pleased to receive these things because I've learned when these things come upon me, it causes me to not exalt myself. It causes me to see my human weakness, but at the same time, it causes me to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit, who is my power, who gives me the strength through these things. So on one hand, he would say, I don't want these things in my life. But what Paul has learned here is this. These are the very things that has kept me from being exalted. These are the very things that have caused me to have to depend on God. And so... Could it be that this messenger from Satan was using events in the life of Paul, using people in the life of Paul, using physical difficulties in the life of Paul to cause the infirmities, the reproaches, the needs, the persecutions, and the distress that he felt? In other words, could it be spiritual opposition? Now, that's something I haven't done a lot of teaching on, and I need to. I've always been very slow to call something satanic or demonic. I've been very slow because most of what I see in myself and others is just pure 
flesh, self, wanting to raise its ugly head and have its way. But sometimes there's only one explanation. Something spiritually is wrong. Something satanic is going on. Something demonic is happening. Something is driving the work of the Holy Spirit and the message of grace into a corner. And at that point, it has to be dealt with according to the Word of God. And by the Spirit of God, it has to be dealt with. It can't be dealt with with just self-denial alone in the message of crucifixion with Christ. It has to be dealt with because there are spiritual forces that can be working against an individual, just like the Apostle Paul. There may be something in your life, and only you can know. It could be your health. It may be your emotions that are so pent up over something that's just like, this will not go away. God, what is it? And like Paul crying out, God, deliver me from this. Take me from this. And then, lovingly, I believe, God says, my grace is sufficient. And we have to trust God in these situations. It may be something with one of your children or maybe your grandchildren. It could be all kinds of things. And so... What did he say? Paul said that when he cried out, he said this to me. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For notice, my strength, not your strength, Paul. You see, in our strength, there will be self-exaltation. In our strength, there will be total weariness, physically, mentally, emotionally, and everything will bring you completely down. Trust me, I know. It'll bring you down. It has to be the strength and power of the Holy Spirit of God who lives inside of the true believer. So he says, my grace is sufficient. It's all that you need for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So here comes Paul's famous therefore. Because of this, most gladly, <laughs> he changes his tone. I will rather boast in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmity. He's not lying. He's not posturing. He's telling pure truth. And the only way this man could say what he's saying is because he's learned what he's been through, that this is the only way for us to respond. And so therefore, he says, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And that doesn't mean having a poor self-image. That doesn't mean the weakness where you can't get up and move forward and accomplish things anymore. That's not talking about that at all. What he's talking about here, and when I realized that I can't, he never said I could. He always said he would if I would abide in him. When we choose to do that, God's Spirit will work in and through, and listen to this, it's good news and it's sad news. He may not take the trouble away ever. You may die with it. It could be all kind of things. But according to this passage, what Paul has learned, even though it stays over our head for the rest of our life until we die, he says, my grace is sufficient as you walk with this over you and as this 
is troubling you, I'm continually chasing you with my grace. Because you're still in Christ, and the Holy Spirit is still in you. So, this is what we have to see. This trouble that it looks like is not going to go away. Not going away. It may get worse. And it's over the head and it's over the life. I'm going to have to choose to walk by faith with the same faith that I exercised when I asked Christ to come into my heart and gave me a home in heaven. That same trust and faith. You've got to walk in that remembering I'm in Christ. Everything that I need, I have. I may not get what I want, but I will get exactly what's perfect because I'm walking in Christ, walking in His grace, and He has a perfect plan for my life. Each one of us can take any problem we may have with a child, with health, with a job, with uncertainty of finances, and say, God, and what God provides for me is all that I need. Though my emotions are telling me He's deficient, His Word is telling me my grace is sufficient, period. Amen? You see, it is our human desires that want to resist hard trouble. It wants to deny it. It wants to be stoic and say, I'll bear up under it. That is our humanity. That is our flesh. That is self. What Paul is learning, and I guarantee you, you can mark this down. If we could have walked with Paul, when he learned this lesson, we would have been shocked at Paul. Paul, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you said that. Paul wasn't a perfect man. Jesus was perfect. Paul was not perfect. But I can tell you this, when you read this and when we read this and understand this, there is only one way this man could say what he said is because he had already walked in it and learned it. And we learn from Paul in this. And so the troubles and sufferings in our life generates our dependence. In other words, when everything's going well, what happens? We slack off and we become nominal Christians. When things all of a sudden seize us and get hard, we're reminded, wow, I've been riding, as Adrian Vance Habner used to say, high, wide, and handsome. And now I've got to depend on God. And so that's why Paul said, most gladly and take pleasure in these things that are troubling him, some of which would never go away in his life on earth. And so, the troubles and sufferings in our life can generate a dependence. In other words, okay, I'm going to have to exercise faith whether I want to or not. Day by day, continuing to walk in God's Spirit, trusting Him, the troubles and sufferings in our life can generate a dependence, faith that results in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when we get in a place where I can't, then we begin to remember, but you know what? You never said I could. And you always said you would, Lord, so get with it. <laughs> and you know what? He'll look at you and he'll say, well, my grace is sufficient. Don't ask me to get with it. 
I've already gotten with it. Gone to the cross, paid the price for sin, empowered all believers by the power of the Holy Spirit. You believers need to get up and walk in what I've already provided. The moment we resist and resent a situation we're in, a person who will not change, or a physical difficulty that there is no explanation for, and you're going to be taken out by it. When we resist it and resent it, the power of the Holy Spirit stops. Why? Because we're grieving and quenching the Spirit at that moment. We have to choose to say, God, I want to understand it, but I don't have to understand it. And I know I can do this. I can trust you with this the same way I trusted you to save me. And I know that I'm saved and I have eternal life and I have a home in heaven. And I know this too may not pass. But in the midst of it, God's grace is sufficient. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.